Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the Outkick network, this is Outkick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Glad you're with us. Final hour of the Tuesday edition is here. Outkick 360 rolls on. Give you some headlines across the NFL. We've got... Bo Scarborough, former Crimson Tide running back, two-time national champion, who will join us in roughly 20 minutes from now. Looking forward to that visit. We uh, had this in the the text chain this morning. You could read this at at outkick.com. An El Salvadorian soccer match turns violent. Ref dies over red card. So anytime anytime you want to think, man, it's out of hand here. Amateur match. Guy got a second yellow. Went ballistic. Teammates and fans joined him. They beat the guy, took an ambulance, and died at the hospital. How could I you like? It. How could you want to want to be an official in any capacity in that environment? Uh, I wouldn't. I would not want to be that. Other at than all. just I letting mean, it play, like yeah, the, let them go. It's uh, it, well, it, it's. It was just like was it family, F- fans? Like it was a weird. It was just him and fans jumped in and stomped the guy to death. Well, the team, too. Unbelievable. I mean, it sounded like from, from reading that that it started with the guy it was who the got player, a second yellow card. teammates, and then the fans descended. According to the report, they descended upon the, the ref. Now, w- how many fans are at an amateur soccer game in El, Sal- in El Salvador is a question. You know, a, a, a hundred I, I don't know. Well, there was I'm like guessing. a director of the league that spoke. I mean, you say, I mean, how amateur is it? There were fans in attendance. I don't know. It's classified. I, I hear amateur. amateur I, I think like rec league, like a church league. I don't know yeah. that it was that. It was like an actual league. I yeah. thought Salvadorian Football Federation president Hugo Carrillo, yes, has condemned the violence. But it was it was written amateur league. Yes. Well, he was sixty three. Um, and, he, and he had been a ref for 20 years. So, you know, within this, in the the reaction to uh, the red, the two yellows, and then uh, just bizarre. I man. don't know what the I justice the, system is like there, but I hope it serves those people. Pretty sure if you've got deserve. enough money, you can get out of anything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's probably one of the, it's, you know, it's a, a lot of countries. South of our border, or well, the, the if you have enough bribe money, you're getting out of whatever you want. The statement was, oh, we, we trust that the uh, the authorities can find those responsible for taking the referee's life. And I'm thinking, well, we know the multiple, player, the we know the player started. and teammates. I mean, it shouldn't be that difficult to, uh, to identify a handful of them right there. Um, we mentioned uh, coming up, we've got Bo Scarborough um, straight ahead. His Crimson Tide uh, brethren, we've got... Derek Henry to discuss. He was at practice today. Paul, I uh, am watching him. He looks like he hasn't missed a beat. He, I, I think the perception is he's he's been rehabbing. He hasn't been rehabbing. He's been training. There's a big difference there. 
The rehab took place last year, and he was cleared to play for the playoff game. And since then, he's been working out on his own just as he did a year ago. Though, yeah, that's absolutely true. Though he did talk about some of the workout stuff that he's doing as being centered around the foot. Um, that he is, um, what do you say here? I, I've got it right in front of me. If I could open the right screen, and he's coming uh, off the broken foot from last October. Yeah, the uh, the Liz, Jones fracture. Uh, the Jones, yeah, Jones that, fracture that had had the repair. But he said, um, "I'm doing a lot of footwork, making sure that I'm finding my toes." He always tells me that when I'm working out, just so I'm balancing my foot. I feel good. I'm running hills, doing restricted running, all those types of things to make sure I'm ready. I asked him to that. So what would you say the status of your foot is? He said, kind of scoffed. How long has it been since I've played? The foot is good. Well, he was offering up that a lot of the stuff he's doing is, is foot centric, balancing the foot, et cetera, et cetera. That's part of his regimen now is doing stuff that, that takes care of the foot. But obviously he's doing all the crazy repertoire of of workout stuff that that he does looks terrific which is no surprise a lot of the conversation we had with him today was about that crazy workout routine and he said you know it's just always been his thing since he was a kid you know if you're sitting around you're doing sit-ups and push-ups and went to run with his cousin who was in high school and um, nowadays you know he thinks if he's not doing something um, his competition is and, and gaining on him he goes to work out at 10 at 10 30 has lunch at some point and goes again at four nuts it, it, does he look bigger to you you know he he looked super gigantic in some of the stuff i saw he was wearing like not a, that he isn't always huge a burlappy looking like sweatshirt and i thought he looked like i don't want this to sound the wrong way. i thought he looked the size of an elephant in this thing and I, I, I was thinking the guy might be getting too big. Today he looked absolutely normal Derrick Henry size, like a slightly bigger version of Derrick Henry. He's, he's a giant. Yeah, he's a, just a giant athlete. If you watch them without him on the field and then you insert Derrick Henry, he makes other, others who are, you know, Normal size, not not just normal. Like they're 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 big they look, for life. Yes, yeah. and and you've got Henry who's just massive, and I think his upper body is bigger. Yeah, it's bigger. Um, to answer your question, Chad, specifically, especially the shoulders and like the the arms, like it looks much bigger. But the but I saw a picture where he looked. He's up there taking questions. He looked bigger to me, but I'm not standing right next yeah. to him. But he's. I mean, he he looks healthy. It's not like. Um, I don't know what I was expecting, but it, there's no, they're not holding him back by any means. You know, it's not like um, Robert Woods, who visibly has a knee brace on, right? right? Or you've no, got Caleb Farley, former first-round pick last year, who uh, is coming off an ACL injury and has back issues, and they've, you know, they're working him in. They've got five guys in yellow opposite. jerseys. He's certainly not one of right. one of those yeah. guys. That's a great sign for that team. He. Um, you know, we're going to have a lot of time to talk about this. I asked him, you know, if he thought he needed a preseason game and would play in one, and he deferred to Vrabel, and that's a long, long way off. And I suspect they, they won't play him in one. But I just uh, – I think it's one of the biggest questions for this team this year. We've talked about it. The receivers are a big question mark. And, you know, last year we were talking at this stage about, you know, pick your poison with A.J. Brown and Julio Jones and, 
and you know they had some options at that third receiver and you were really you know maybe gonna have to step off of henry or if you went yeah. to him they were gonna make you pay over the time i don't feel that way at all now you're gonna target go back to to strictly going at derrick henry and he's lost two uh, one very good run black blocker and another guy who's forte at least Quesenberry, who wasn't a good player but he was better run blocker than anything else and it's all back on Derrick Henry and uh, everybody's optimistic that he'll be back to himself but another half year of wear and tear and now he's finally shown the the effects of the wear and tear by suffering what Mike Vrabel may not want to admit is a result of wear and tear but that's what stress fractures are and you know there's some humanity to him now and you have to wonder how much he can take without the wide receivers, without the good run block, as as good a run blocking, presumably. And, you know, the defense is going to have to carry a lot. This team's changed. And uh, as much as ever is going to be on his shoulders, can can he endure and sustain it? A lot of people say automatically yes. I, I think now, you know, uh, to me, I, I'm hopeful that it's yes. He's still only 28, but you kind of need to see it. Well, they went from an offense a year ago with A.J. Brown going into the season and healthy Derrick Henry, all of those things, where you said, man, it would be nice to have an, another pleasant surprise on this offense, but they're going to be just fine if everyone just plays up to par on the offense. The offense this year now without A.J. Brown, to me, you're looking at it saying they have to have a pleasant surprise Yeah, you need on offense if they're going to be anything offensively. Um, let me give you a name and tell me what you think about his chance to contribute at all this season and be a pleasant surprise. Josh Malone. Josh Malone uh, had a good day today. Took a, uh, got a shout-out from Vrabel, said he's taking advantage of opportunities. And every time I see him, Chad, I think he's a tight end. He's, he's, he's got a, a He was never a small guy. Frank. Yeah. He's thin, though. Yeah, he's tall. I mean, he was, he's 6'3", you know, but... Yeah. For a tight end. Well, I, I, I would say Hutt, the way the jersey hangs off of his pads makes him look tight endy to me, on even this, if he's not on filled On this out. team, he is no tight end. No, I'm not saying he's going to play tight end, but I'm no, saying – No, I'm saying he's not built like a like, – I don't see him and think, man, you know what, he's, he's a tight end. Because the, the tight ends on this team have a different size to them than – you know, the uh, the basketball players on others. I think he's looked good, Chad, and I'm ready for them to uh, roll off some of the Cody Hollisters of the <laughs> world um, and, and move to other guys. Another candidate, uh, I, I would say, for a bit of a surprise is this Reggie Robertson, undrafted out of Southern Methodist, who missed, I think, most of his um, – Final year, he's 5'11", 193. He's 23, uh, but missed most or all of his senior year with an ACL. Biggest question mark that they have is uh, you look at the – so Robert Woods, who to his credit um, is doing much more than what I would expect a wide receiver to do coming off an ACL – but you know, yeah, ahead of schedule, I would, I would. Yeah, say. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at his availability more than whatever he's doing uh, this time of year. Like, what is he on the field? Is he running? He's, he's involved in the first team offensive reps today. Yeah. Like and you would have thought that might not have been uh, the case until halfway through. Yeah, camp. yeah, and especially with how you want slow play it, just to ensure that he's ready to go. Um, same for Caleb Farley uh, in that regard, because he's working in one on ones and doing some seven on seven stuff, but. Robert Woods, and then whatever happens here with Traylon Burks, who, if you're just joining us, 
did not practice again. So this is back-to-back weeks during the open uh, media portions of their practice schedule. Uh, he has not been, not, not I was going to say available, he hasn't been on the field practicing. Uh, he was visible today. Uh, to my knowledge, I, I didn't see him a week ago. Um, he was visible today where he came out and, and was on one of those um, uh, bikes that they were riding right outside of the weight room area along with Jeffrey Simmons. But, Paul, that's uh, th- this is now back-to-back weeks where you start going, okay, we, we keep telling those who ask us this isn't a big deal. At some point, it will become a big deal. I don't know what that time frame is. I don't know how to say it's this practice versus this past practice. But, you know, if they're going to slowly trickle out this information about this asthma three weeks after they've let it be a story, I say they, they don't address it, um, then at some point it becomes an issue when he was at least practicing some and now he's not. And, and maybe it just goes back to what I was saying. Normally, to my knowledge, when I think of a guy who shows up out of shape, you're not back on the field until you pass a conditioning test. Well, you know, and, I was thinking about that. And, and we that's haven't not seen really him in two been weeks. That, that's not really been the case with, with Vrabel. Um, if you think, say, I mean, they ease me guys. Give me an example. Well, they ease guys back in. Oftentimes it's off of injuries. But it's not the old school stuff where they put a guy, we, I joked about this the other day, where they put a guy on the canoe and make him suffer on the canoe to the point where he so badly wants back into practice, he busts it back into practice. You know, he always says we've got a plan for a guy, and sometimes a plan for a guy. Josh Reynolds was kind of hurting and kind of not ready to participate fully, and they put him out there and let him participate partially. Um, And Vrabel, I think, does that. I mean, uh, when Traylon Burks, uh, the, the second day, went out and did what Traylon Burks could do, and fitness was the issue for him. So they didn't take him the first day, say, you're out of shape, you're out of, uh, out of practice until you're in shape. They let him do what he could. And that's um, turned into nothing. Yeah. Well, now maybe they're being more sharp along your lines. Look, I, I would say if he's out there the first day of training camp and can go forward from there, it's fine. But if it turns into a thing that's the equivalent of a hamstring where you're, you're missing time and the quarterback today on two different questions, Tannehill talked about – yeah, we're talking through a lot of things and we're in the meetings talking through a lot of things. Talking through a lot of things is not the same as running through exactly. a lot of things. Exactly. It's just not. Now, I think you can make up for this lost time, whether you're a veteran or, or, or a high-ranking rookie, fine. It's better to have it, certainly, than not. But if he's not out there at the beginning of training camp and if he tweaks something or does something and misses time, then you're behind. And once you're behind at the start of training camp, you can't make that time up. It just doesn't happen. You fall behind and you never make it up, and that becomes the story of your rookie year. And they, it was one thing when, they were, when we were envisioning this guy side-by-side side with A.J. Brown. You know, hey, we got two of that guy. A, a younger version is going to come up alongside. It's another thing when you're thinking he's replacing A.J. Brown, um, which is a far-fetched thing to begin with if he's out there every day. But um, he's not been close to out there every day. We should talk about Simmons also. Because Simmons may well have an injury. And this is another thing where Mike Vrabel's unwillingness to clarify something that turns into a big deal with one sentence 
is foolish. I think it's also foolish of Jeffrey Simmons, if this is a contract issue, part of what you're doing is letting it be known it's a contract issue. I'm, I'm not practicing on a contract issue. If you're secretly having a contract thing where you're sitting out and letting people think you're hurt, you're not really <laughs> publicly helping your, your cause. It's, it's kind of odd. But unavailable is Vrabel's thing. Un unavailable. He's classifying everybody as the same. And again, I know he doesn't give a damn what's out there in the press, but I don't understand why Amy Adams Strunk wouldn't at some point say to him, we have issues that could be tidied up in one sentence that turn into week-long stories that are not good for our franchise. Just tidy them to bleep up. Well, Traylon Burks has asthma, and that was a factor for him from the beginning. And our first-round draft picks getting dragged through the mud in a way that would have been lessened if we just said, yeah, he had that inhaler out there because he's got asthma, and that's part of what's going on. Yeah. You say that one time, and for three weeks, there's much less of a conversation. That's better PR. And Mike Vrabel doesn't care about PR, and that's fine because Mike Vrabel's coach of the year, and he's very good at his job. But the organization consistently just – gets these things dragged out and dragged out and dragged out for no reason other than Mike Vrabel likes to, to play cat and mouse with the media. Well, and it's but recently, though, it's just been the, the young guys who've been coming in. And you have to wait on these guys, right? Or it's uh, Isaiah Wilson, who the, they were so good that year that you end up forgetting that they didn't want him around the locker room as a, a rookie. Yeah. Um, but in, now in Jeffrey this, Simmons, is well, it a contract thing or is he hurt? Well, but what's the, what's the harm in us knowing that? Well, they don't want any perception that another player is disgruntled in any way. If it is a contract, but thing. if he is disgruntled, it's going to come out and it will be, I suspect he's not disgruntled because otherwise I, he doesn't have an agent is the thing though. And that's why we're not hearing from Schefter or Rappaport. He's got no registered agent. There's got to be something the there NC, for, uh, through the NFLPA. If he's there, he's there. So he doesn't get fined. And then, you know, you or he or could they're, have they're, something tweaked. Or they're very close to, uh, to getting something done, one way or the other. Uh, coming up, Bo Scarborough joins us. He's with the Birmingham Stallions, former two-time national champion with the Alabama Crimson Tide, and he's uh, been around the league for four years. We will uh, chat with Bo about his storyline, his background at Alabama, the SEC, and much more. That's next on OutKick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Vrabel did have a, a funny response today when asked about another NFL team and another player. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network. He was asked about the Colts and Matt Ryan, and he said something to the effect of, well, the Colts have had a lot of quarterbacks in recent years, and we'll prepare for Matt whenever they're on our schedule. Yeah. I think he said they, they've had a different quarterback every, every year. Every year. <laughs> Which is true. <laughs> and, uh, the, you know, they got their own issues uh, going on there. I, but the, the, the thing that uh, the, the topic's going to be, the, the quarterback for the, the Titans that Brable's going to get asked about, through camp and, and leading up to the regular season. But um, based on what you've seen and heard from Tannehill, 
Anything come to mind there? Because he, he, he was the topic, and now I feel like everything is being discussed except for him. I, I think he's been solid, and uh, I'm, I'm going to write about this, um, but I, I, I watched one drill in particular today. I'm going to write about this drill vaguely because I, I took a lot from it, a, a period where they worked on something very specific. And uh, it, it, the way he took command talking to the receivers during that, you know, I watched that and I thought, that's exactly what you want a, a quarterback to do. I mean, he's authoritative. He's in control. He's doing all the things you want him to do. Right there, you're not looking at a guy thinking, that guy can't win you a, a playoff game. Right there, you're seeing what you want. You know, the playoff game thing's a, a long ways away, you know, both backwards and forwards. Right there, you're looking at a guy who's doing what you want your quarterback to be doing at this stage of the year, who you expect will be doing that through training camp and in the, in the regular season, you know? The, the, the bad stuff, you know, is what? Several months behind us and a, a long way off in, into the future, the, the, the moment of that, that cinches things for you, so to speak. So I, I think he's carrying himself well, and I think he's playing pretty well. Though I think you know it's a defensive football team. Oh, for sure. But I mean, it's it goes to show it, it's it's difficult to look bad, um, but you can also look like a veteran quarterback that's leading an offense. He he does that, um, and he was a big reason uh, in, in part of the offense leading some drives at the end of last year. Uh, not nearly the to the level of what we've seen in previous two years. But they won 12 games. They got the number one seed. The run game was going well, and he was really the one consistent, healthy factor on offense. The, the playoff storyline is going to be there until he goes out and helps elevate this team to a playoff win, which he hasn't done. But, and you got to get to the playoffs first, well, obviously. Yes, but this, this, this is a team that should get there. Ideally at home again. It's a team that should get there in a division where they should get there also. Two key factors for them being in the playoffs. Well, sure, but they also were the number one seed last year in an AFC that was pretty competitive. Stat. So, like, and they, they, and they got they teams. got there through good coaching and elite level defense over the final three quarters of the season. So, can they get the regular season Ryan Tannehill on a consistent basis? Can he elevate? the receivers around him, which he did not do last year. And I was highly critical for him on that regard uh, because I feel like the veteran quarterbacks that you're paying 20 to 30 million to make it happen yeah. with the players around him. I'd, I'd and another, he had plenty of defenders last year, and those are not going to be there this year. You did a good job of listing how they got there. I'd have one other element was, and I think we all thought they were crazy when Todd Downing said it after Derrick Henry went on, maintaining our identity. We're yeah. not going to change who we are. Yeah. And lo and behold, they went out and did it. With Deontay Foreman and and Dontrell Hilliard and guys, two guys who were there for the taking for anybody, and they ran the ball really, really well. They ran for over two hundred yards up in New England, and that speaks to the coaching. Yes, and the and the mentality. But that's from coaching. Yeah, from the coaching. Yeah, that, <laughs> that they instilled that it. Down. That they instilled yeah. it, and it it worked. I mean, we all thought. I thought that was preposterous when Derrick Henry yes. went down, oh, that they thought yes. they were going to be the same team. I'm like, are you crazy? You got to turn things inside out and feature A.J. Brown and get something out of Julio Jones, and they, they didn't have to do that. Chad, what was the CBS viewership 
for the PGA Tour this past weekend, which was the Canadian Open. It was the best ratings for an RBC Canadian Open on CBS in 22 years. For the final round. For the final round. I want to say 2.85 million viewers uh, on Sunday. Now, Hutton, we talked about last week, you know, no one's talking about the RBC Canadian Open with the Live Tour going on. Uh, by the end of the weekend, I have no clue to even now who won on the Live Tour, but I'm watching the PGA Tour because guess what? It was great timing to have Justin Thomas and Rory McIlroy yes. and Tony Finau and a bunch of names that everyone knows Pretty good feel. at the top of the list, so much so that a conspiracy theorist would say, man, that worked out perfectly. Yeah. I'm not saying they could do anything to make that happen, but... Stranger things have happened. I think because that people, was the weekend for that McElroy to happen was, with, with, Jim, with with Jim Nance, with Nick Faldo, with all these guys coming out in defiance of Saudi Arabia and the Live Tour, and these are just older guys that can't win here anymore, and they can't beat the young guys, and then to go out and to have who now you know is a guy who's established and older on tour, and Rory McIlroy, a big name, play so well and win, and Justin Thomas, who's been around for a long time, it was the perfect scenario. Uh, for the PGA Tour this Sunday. I wasn't available to watch, Perfect but storm. I would have tuned in, not just for the golf, and, and that's a very good leaderboard, so I would have been intrigued by that, but I would have been intrigued to hear the commentators address the whole thing. And I'm surprised they addressed it as thoroughly as they did, quite frankly, but I'm glad they did, and I would have liked to have heard all that live. Uh, that's a very good, I, I don't know if they discussed it throughout or they discussed it in one tidy package or what, but I would have wanted to have, if I was home on a Sunday afternoon flipping channels, I would have sought that out. They discussed it once. Uh, Roy McIlroy took his one shot at Greg Norman for passing him, and they had Jay Monahan on Sunday's round as an interview in the, in the booth with them during the round, and he just reiterated everything he said in that memo. Uh, I went back and, and listened to Jim Nance because reading it, I thought he was the strongest, talking about betrayal, and everything else well, he's for those a PGA who love. guy for sure. Absolutely. And, you know, people immediately ask the questions like, hey, Jim, uh, would you leave for a different network for a hundred million more dollars? <laughs> you know, a guy who's made as much money as him, like, you sure you wouldn't take that money and go? But what he said was the things I've heard from PGA people are words like betrayal. And he kind of went through right. the company line, which Look, is understandable for a guy who has benefited so much. And look, he's been a great benefit to the PGA Tour also because he's a tremendous talent who's done it for years and years, and he's very good at it. He's, he's top of his game still. But I heard it much more as I've been talking to all my friends I talk to on the PGA Tour, and here are the things that keep coming back to me. Betrayal, old, can't win anymore, money grab. Well, here's which it's tough to argue with some of that. I mean, it oh, of course it's a money yes, grab. Yes, but I, a lot of these guys aren't even denying that. Like, no, you know, some of them try to talk around it without directly saying it. Others have just released statements saying, "Yeah, I'm doing this to, because the money is from my family is incredible." I mean, uh, reports are that Kevin Na, um, I say reports. I someone told me Kevin Na was. Um, expected the the expectation was he was getting somewhere around 30 million just to join just to join yeah who's Kevin um, i mean he's one of the most hated players on tour because of his pace, pace of, play. of play but he's no draw i mean nobody's running to their tv well, to so, watch kevin Na. well so that brings my, this is where the pga is extremely fortunate and it was my fox news rundown on monday i said look it, it is 
it is perfect timing that McElroy and Justin Thomas and and you, you had the finish that you did on Sunday because what would have been the viewership if Sam Burns and Wyndham Clark were in the same position? They were top 10 finishers in the Canadian Open. It would have been below half that number. So that that's what they're... And that's and that can be uh, any given week in the PGA Tour. That's what makes the PGA Tour cool in in many ways. You can build stars, and I think that's the next key for this: is are they able to build the same type of stars and the young talent that we've seen um, around now? McElroy and Justin Thomas, who's now coming into his own, and Tony Finau, who's been a I think a, a, a casual sports fan known figure. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, guys. I would say the average sports fan knows T- Tony Finau yeah, now for the last three years yeah. uh, since he celebrated on the par three and turned his ankle and then played in the Masters. Like, like to me, that's um, that. Those are the next stars, and those guys were on full display. And McElroy's been there. Point being, can they develop more and then not lose these guys? As we expect, more will jump. Like Ricky Fowler has been mentioned and. Bubba Watson and others, these name brands, how valuable can they make the other guys who should be benefiting off of playing in a, you know, the final pairing, for instance, with one of these guys? Well, the other thing Nance said that I thought was smart by him, if you're trying to get the public more on your side or against the other side, he played the economic impact card. And he talked about, I go to all these communities. And he said, if you saw, (laughs) what the PGA Tour does for these communities in terms of what they give back, but what they bring with these events. He said, we're not talking millions. We're talking billions of dollars. They've pumped into communities over the years where they bring their tour. I think that's a little All of these things to me is just like the memo. It was fine, fine. Then it took too big of a leap. Fine again, then way too big of a leap in the end. That's exactly what both sides are going to do. They're going to play up one end of the spectrum to the other. When in reality, these guys are, it's all based on, it's either the money or the sponsorships that are holding them. Like McElroy is going to point to, you know, most of the guys who take the money, you end up regretting it. So says the guy who has a $150 million Nike contract, right? So, like, the, the, the average PGA Tour professional that's paying his own way, you know, to get to uh, who's on the back end, among the best in the world at what he does can still lose money at the end of a yeah. calendar year on this tour. A good example, a guy we've had on the show multiple times, Scott Stallings is praying for a live golf invite for the money they're offering, right? I mean, yeah, that's I mean, a guy that's hanging on, yeah. that's not making a ton of money. He still makes money. He was in contention a couple weeks ago on Sunday to win it all in a tournament. He's but playing in the Open. Those guys, you know, that they struggle to make cuts at times, but right. as you said, still one of the greatest golfers in the world. Th- those are the ones that you see the benefit for them. But Scott would probably also benefit if if he didn't get the invitation, if others got and take the invitation. And then as a more wide open field in the PGA for him to finish higher and win more prize money. They need to really start landing more of the Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau type player because instead of the older players, I mean, they're – to, for that to affect him, I'm well, saying... Well, Ricky Fowler and Kevin Na are going to finish ahead of him a lot of is times. Is Ricky Fowler no? officially out? I mean, he's, I don't think that's been announced No, not yet. yet. But if he, I'm saying, if he yeah. goes, 
that it opens help. a spot in front of somebody. Oh, it was only 48, though. They're capping it there. Yeah, the, the numbers will never be, you know, they're always going to have just 48. But, yeah, I mean. Right. It, you want the 48 guys that are likely him. to finish ahead of you most of it, the time. It doesn't hurt well, that then, some of the competition is like, Or if that's what they want for the lower tier, then it goes against their talking point of, Oh, you don't want the you don't want to compete. You want you want the bag. You're going for the the money bag instead of the competition. You don't want to compete against the best in the world. Oh, you know, so then it, then it goes against. Well, if you the, get the best in the world, that's your good fortune. But yeah, you want the money bag first and foremost. Yeah. The money bag and the majors. You'll get your. Competition. I, I'm still amazed. You get your the, competition at the majors. I'm still amazed with the the amount of money that's being spent it's on this. Ridiculous. As you know? for the economic impact, I think it's almost always overstated because what they do is they compare their economic impact against an empty city as if there's nothing going on there without them. You look at t- Nashville, Tennessee, outside our window, and you presume this, this pl- venue that we're in is empty. Then the Titans play, and oh, look how full it is. Well, it does pretty well whether the Titans are playing or not. Now, the Titans bring, do the Titans make it fuller? Yes, on a home Sunday, it's more full. But... It's not a ghost town if the Titans are not playing. And that's what economic impact studies tend to imagine, that this incredible downtown that is packed almost every weekend no matter what is a ghost town if there's not a game. Yeah, for the most part, I buy that. You know, they're in the outskirts of Toronto this weekend, so there's going to be stuff going on in Toronto. When they go wherever they go in Connecticut – you know, for that tournament, like I, I buy that that is a created event in a place that otherwise does not have a huge yeah. economic but impact. But Columbus, over the Ohio, weekend. there's stuff going on in Columbus, Ohio without a PGA Tour event. So um, there's a tie-in here to the announcement from Apple TV today. Oh um, yeah. So Live Tour can just outbid for the players, right? So. I'm never going to say never on some of these guys because they could just keep going up and up and up until it's like, okay, yes, I'll take all the money you're going to give me and, you know, uh, Justin Thomas leaves or whatever. I'm not saying he's the one because he's been outspoken against, but someone's going to. Right. If I am a network right now, I'm getting a little bit nervous that Apple is like the Saudi tour and that they could offer over market for anything they wanted right now. Well, that's where I'm nervous if I'm and it would not it would not affect them. ESPN is absolutely the one that should be most nervous about this with their rights. Today it's announced Apple TV is going to carry every MLS match for 10 years, starting in 2023. For all at of least them, 200 a not, year? Not on cable television. It's all going to be on Apple TV's app, on their streaming service. Every single MLS match the in money, the world. What's the money? Two hundred million a year at least. Is that I, what I've I read? not? I've not seen the money. Uh, on I think it, that's what I read. I'm, I'm looking right now at the at the I actual Apple.com. The announcement. I was, I was reading earlier today. I've said the estimate was like three to three fifty a year uh, on average. If it's so, maybe you know, it starts at two hundred. Yeah, and goes yeah, but up. The, still, I mean, that's what a, that is a great deal for MLS. I mean, if you're looking at where we're headed in the sports spectrum, the, the NFL's already bought. I mean, uh, Amazon's paying a billion no, it's dollars a visionary this move. year. Um, if you needed any other any more confirmation that that the streaming rights are going to be the exclusive rights for some of these sports, um, MLS is smart to jump on board now as opposed to waiting on like we're talking about with ESPN, they have the rights to, and not the exclusive rights, but the rights to Major League Baseball football, and the hockey, NBA and hockey football. and yeah, college football. So now you're thinking of, okay, what are the, outside of the NFL, which has rights and literally, I mean, name a channel and they're on it. 
Um, Everything but Turner. What 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 what's the property that's where you can buy in now and then eventually build it up? And you know the way MLS is is attempting to grow the brand nationwide. This is a great opportunity for them to launch onto a platform where all the major leagues are trying to get anyway. And the big networks are going to be competing with the boatload of cash that these networks want because of the live sports aspect. And Apple is surely, even if it gets those other sports, going to remember who came first. Well, and it's, yes, it, it, it's great. Look, it's great business for the MLS. Like that, That's a no-brainer to me for their product. And I've seen people saying, well, you still need to be on a broadcast network. I get that. You know, there's value in that for people that don't have streaming service, people that, you know... People be shocked to see a lot of people that don't have Wi-Fi in their home, you know, right now that can't get it, you know, other than they're out on their phone or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So there, there are issues there, but if you're gonna go with a sports league to make it happen, MLS makes total sense. It's the right move for them. The big bang in this whole battle, and it could be the big bang that blows up ESPN, is going to be when an established power takes everything to Apple. Here's an example. What if when the SEC deal with ESPN is up? They took everything to Apple TV, and they landed the SEC everything. The SEC network moved there. Everything was on Apple TV. That is, that's far-fetched right now. That would dent ESPN But that's the one so that, badly. like, oh, you're telling me this southeastern established brand where, you know, throw out every type of thing you want to throw out about people in the south and – not being as with it with technology and everything else. They got to have it on standard you know, TV or they don't even have cable and this and that. They were comfortable enough to take the money and go to Apple TV knowing that their fans are going to do whatever it takes we'll and they're going to pay games. for that subscription to see their team play every single game. Again, probably a long ways off, but I, I see that move and I think, what's next? Who should be nervous? And really the answer is, from just a monetary standpoint and bidding standpoint, everyone should be nervous because Apple has the money to outbid you if it's just about money. If you're on Apple TV, you're pretty cool right now, right? Like, I think baseball should want to be more on Apple TV because if you're on Apple TV, you're cool. I think think you're cool, but, I mean, this is still very small time in terms of what they have. They got two Friday night MLB games. No, I know. I'm saying... Grow it. Go. Because it'll help shine you up. Be well, creative with you. I, I think so. I, I think Apple TV shines up the MLS more than the MLS shines up Apple TV. I, I agree. Sure. I agree. Right? That's I, what I don't, I'm saying. It can help I don't baseball. feel that way well, right about now, Major League Baseball. Not yet. Right now. But the, not yet. it's the investment that Apple's making in MLS to me that is intriguing because um, you know ESPN and ABC, Disney, however you want to look at the company – they would not uh, – SportsCenter wasn't showing, barely showing NHL highlights, right? And then they got the rights back. And then they're and back, now, in it, back in And now it. they're leading SportsCenter with live coverage from the Stanley Cup final coming up uh, tomorrow night. But point being, uh, there is an investment being made on Apple's behalf with MLS where, you know, okay, let's say seven, seven years from now into this contract, is MLS the fourth most popular major league sport in America? Does it overtake one of the top four? Like when we consider the top four pro leagues. Well, hockey's the one. Um, and, and if you're able to grab that space and do it on a digital and streaming platform exclusively, 
there is extreme value in owning one of the top four main properties because you can always. I mean, we're always well, even going to the top five. We're always yeah. We're always going to talk uh, ratings and and what sports fans are watching versus what you're tuning out. But ultimately, live sports programming wins over whatever you can DVR uh, because you're less likely to DVR a live sports program and fast forward through the commercials who are paying for the right to be a part of that program on that network. That's why the live sports are so valuable and why all these networks are gobbling them up. And if, if they hit on MLS and you know build this brand, it, it's, it's no, to me it's no different than practically buying the league, well, here's which, a, which is a windfall for Here's them. another reason why soccer, why soccer is good for streaming. It's not conventional commercials. Right. Oh, that's a good point. You too. got yeah. 45 minutes of action, 45 or 50 minutes with stoppage time. Then you got a halftime block Do, to put commercials what in. Was the you got pregame, halftime, postgame, and you got two big blocks of action where all you're doing are putting advertising bugs on the screen. There are no yeah. commercials. What was the competing bid for this? Do we know? Don't know. I think ESPN likes having it. I would think ESPN was in on well, it. Well, I mean, like, it, because so ESPN it, plays a lot of MLS. But I'm saying if Apple wants it, does did Netflix or Amazon also I bid? I don't, I don't think Netflix is interested in sports at all, but Amazon, yeah. I mean, I think they, that they could be in the market for it. I don't know if I, Netflix if you, is getting creative on that, but Netflix, the stuff that I've read about this big fall Netflix has taken, Netflix is really in a bad place right now. Well, to me, I think the NFL is the one that's going to keep you know cable afloat because <laughs> they're never going to leave. They're always going to be on a network, and that and everyone's going to want to watch NFL games. I mean, it's, it's a, also going to be the the sport where they can just continue to charge more. Yes, because of the when eyeballs. others can't. You're watching it no matter what. Coming America's up, watching it we no tell you what. what to watch tonight across the sports landscape. We'll get you set uh, for tomorrow's strong show. Plus, we'll finish up with some headlines across the NFL. That's next on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Tonight, Raising Yankees on TBS. That's your main national broadcast for uh, your sports audience this evening i'll kick 360 rolls on um i don't know i i found this refreshing and it it means nothing for right right now in this time of year but follow me here melvin gordon the veteran running back in denver um feels as though he is signed and javante williams is the number one guy the young guy at the running back position and he came out to the media uh, and they started on Monday with their mini camp session uh, and said, I am not laying down no matter what you guys think, no matter what coach thinks, the brand new coach there. Uh, he told the general manager the same thing. He's like, you think I'm coming in and just going to be some backup to the young running back? It's anything but. Now, I think any veteran coming in would feel that way. Um, but this is going to improve. It should. I, I say it's going to. It should improve. Javante Williams, as much as anyone, 
Uh, and that's great news for the Denver Broncos uh, as they go into a training camp where they're competing for reps at the starting running back position. People are very high on Javante Williams. Um, I, I confess to not not knowing that much about him. So, uh, but I like Nolan well, they Gordon split they, saying that they, they split laying down. It's almost identical last year on carries, like two hundred each. Right. And now, and They're now, Melvin Gordon's like, oh, you think you know? Now it's for him to take over. No, like I, he's not. I'm not. I'm not just laying down and allowing this to go on. Good for him. Um, I don't know. You just don't. You don't hear the true competitor come out, yeah. right? You don't. You don't hear that anymore. And th- this. This is a legitimate competition, and it could be a friendly rivalry or whatever it might end up being in a locker room. They could be great friends. But I, to me, it's just refreshing. It's not like, oh, you know, man, he's making me better. And no, it's like, no, I'm, I'm out to take your job. Yeah. That, I've, I've, I've done this it. longer. I've done this better, and I'm going to prove it again yeah. and hold on to this job. That qualifies as a daring statement nowadays. nowadays. Yeah, no yeah, doubt, no does. doubt. And it, it, it made me click and say, oh, what, what's he up to here? And he, he said, look, the, it, he said something the equivalent of, it feels like the organization wants me to take a back seat to him, and I'm not going to. I loved it. Like it. No, it's uh, it's great. It's one of those two that, uh, you know, back in the day, it wouldn't have even been a question asked because that would have been right. a response from every veteran player, right? Now it's newsworthy. Plenty of headlines uh, throughout the league. We'll hit them tomorrow as many camps continue. Dan Dockich is on the program and much more. We are live daily, 2 to 5 Central, 3 to 6 Eastern, across the OutKick Network. Join us on Wednesday for OutKick 360, live from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Also join us as we don't block the box and always lock our lock.